Lord, hallelujah, and welcome to New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufal, and we are located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. And uh, we're here to tell you that Jesus is alive, and he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he wants you to worship him. And uh, more than that, he wants you to accept him into your heart. And because it's Palm Sunday, my message is entitled, All Hail King Jesus. We sang that earlier. And all hail Emmanuel, King's Lord of Lords, bright morning star. And throughout all eternity, I will praise him. Amen. And will reign with him throughout eternity. And that's those who have been saved. Amen. Take up your Bibles. Turn to Matthew um, 21. Matthew 21. And uh, we, uh, it will come up on your screen there, on your TV or your um, device that you're using as well. Um, but start using your Bible. I know it's nice to have your Bible on the phone, but there's something about grabbing a hold of your Bible because you can mark it all up. Well, you say, I can mark up my phone too. Yeah, but your screen will be all scratched up. Now, I know there's ways of marking things in your phone on texts and things, but there's something about handling God's Word. Amen? And uh, um, it takes it out of that... Um, place of, you know, technology has become so great that um, you, you, um, Elon Musk has said everybody has become a cyborg because we rely on our phones. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be a cyborg. I like being made in the image of God. Matthew 21, verse 1 through 3 says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this time in your word to, for us to be together and to look at your word and let it sink deep into our hearts that, Lord, you will capture our imaginations, that, Lord, you will use us to help reach people during this season of Easter. Lord, let us rejoice in you more than those on that first Palm Sunday because, Lord, we know who you really are and you're real in our hearts because, Jesus, we've asked you to come in and be our Lord and Savior. You, we already know that you needed to die on the cross for us so that we could be saved. And we know for a fact that you rose from the dead, Lord, and you're sitting at the right hand of God the Father. 
ever making intercession for all of us who are saved. Lord, you're amazing. And we thank you, Lord, that you willingly, during your last week of life here on earth, faced the cross so that we could be saved. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This week would end for Jesus. They are shouting, Hosanna, the King of the Jews, right? Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And at the end of the week, Friday, they'll be yelling, crucify him, crucify, crucify him. But that's the whole reason that Jesus came. Can you imagine? Up one day and down the next. But Jesus' whole mission was to come to die for you and me so that we could be saved. This, these, this passage in Matthew 21 represents the last six days of the Lord's earthly life. However, that does not did it. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate his resurrection. By the way, we are going to have our Good Friday service at 5 o'clock on Friday, our Good Friday service at 5 o'clock on Friday. We will not be broadcasting our Good Friday service. And you might, because it is such an intimate service, and we love it so much. It's one of our services that are usually so well attended, like Christmas Eve. And uh, it's a special time. And it's a time that you've got to come and be part of. And so I encourage you that if you live in the tri-state area, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, because we're right there, close to all the borders, well, we're only a couple blocks away from the border of Minnesota, that block and a half, is it? I don't know. It's right over there. And uh, we're so close. And South Dakota's that way. It's so close. Um, you could get here. And 5 o'clock on this Friday, you will be blessed. But this is the last six days of the Lord's earthly life. And the two disciples went immediately to carry out their assignment. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Will you give what the Lord needs. Will you give what the Lord needs? Will you give him your life? Will you give him your heart? Will you give him what he needs you to do? Will you give him your respect? I, I was talking... Um, my friend who is uh, one of the chaplains at uh, um, St. Francis is finally retired from St. Francis, but she's filling in as a substitute when needed because she doesn't want to be completely away from there. And, and I said, good for you. Because, but we were talking, and both of us, because of the churches we were raised in, we never, we were raised not ever wanting to embarrass our Savior. Hmm. 
And you know what? That's a good thing. Because we don't bring shame on the Lord's name. That's why we need to love others. That's why we need to be gracious to others. That's why we need to exhort others to know Jesus and exhort each other when we're feeling down. This morning, I believe, was supposed to sing. No? Oh, you weren't. Okay, so it was Karen's turn. There's no way Timey could sing. <laughs> allergies. You, none of you ever suffer from allergies, right? But you know what? She's so miserable with her allergies. But you know what? She came to church anyway. Amen. Why? Because she loves Jesus. Do we have enough love for Jesus that we will do no matter what, even if it gets us out of our comfort zone? Right? Hal gets to church. The only way he knows how. <laughs> Once he gets in here, there's a reason why I don't make Hal move too much. <laughs> Have you ever seen Hal move? <laughs> hey, he's at that age where you don't have to if you don't want to. He comes in, we plop him in a chair, and that's where he stays until it's time to go home. Happy. I'll tell you what, sometimes I think he's running around the room because he's so happy in Jesus. And he can't do it, but he's doing it inside. He's standing inside. He is so happy inside. You see, he gives what the Lord what he can give when the Lord asks him to. Now that means, Hal, you need to bake a hundred <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> you got a stove in your apartment? Come on! <laughs> I bet if the Lord actually, not me asking you, but if Jesus came and asked you to do it, you'd do it. But I'm not expecting you to make any Easter cookies. Tiny would have loved to have them at the Easter egg hunt on Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday we're having the Easter egg hunt. Yes, I'm acting like Martin Luther this morning, throwing in commercials during the sermons. Uh, we're having an Easter egg hunt at Jahinkapa Park um, in Wapaton at the bandstand. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, the kids will have a lot of fun with the Easter egg hunt. But the two disciples, Jesus had something that he needed. He needed that donkey and her colt. And the disciples went immediately to carry out their assignment, but too many times we delay what we should do right away. Now, I'm going to confess. Confession's um, The summer before COVID hit, the summer before COVID hit, I was at camp meeting. We were having a great time at camp meeting. Judy was able to go with us to camp meeting. And uh, sitting there at Eagle's Wings in Minot. And the Lord started dealing with me about going online. Never, didn't really know about how to go online and do. Now we're on Facebook Live in the metaverse. And uh, 
we're on YouTube. And uh, so, but he had talked to me about doing that way before. Can you imagine if I had done it right away? We would have been so far ahead of things when COVID hit. However, the bishop told me, he says, it's okay, sometimes we delay, but as long as we follow through, that's the important. And we, we already knew by the time COVID hit, we had to go online. And now, forget about going, forget about me going over to KBMW and getting on the radio. My word, I'm not going to spend all that money on the radio. When I can go and you can see my happy, I got a, I probably got a radio face more than I do a TV face, but you know, I can go online and reach out to, and we got some people who are really loyal listeners to our podcast and tune in to our coffee break and to our sermons on Sunday on YouTube and Facebook, and it's been terrific. And um, what I love about coffee break time, I get to talk to you one-on-one. I love that. It's like you and I are the only ones in the room together, even though I know there's a bunch of us at watching coffee break. And not everybody tunes in at the same time either. And so, um, and that's okay. I do it as though we're, we are both together at that very moment. I don't worry about when you're going to tune in. But they went and did what they were told. Do we give the Lord what he asked for? Do we? Never think it's too hard. I know the culture says it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. But do you have what the Lord asked for in your obedience to his word? It always turns out better than you could ever think when you put Jesus first. I want to remind you of something that Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. If Jesus asks you to do something, he's going to Jesus said to the disciples, let's get in the boat and we're going to go to the other side, right? What happens? Jesus goes to sleep, storm comes up, we're going to die, the disciples scream. And Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Do you think that if Jesus said we're going to go to the other side, the boat was going to sink? No, he he already knew they were going to make it to the other side. But the storm comes up, and their faith is shook. Jesus, wake up! Don't you care? We're going to perish. And Jesus looks, you little faith, gets up, counts the sea, and then they get to the other side, right? Now, I want you to notice something. There's another story. Jesus says, i got to go pray. Okay? I need, we just got done doing all this ministry. I need to get alone with my father. I got to go pray. I'm going to go up in the mountain. I'm going to go over that mountain, climb up there, and I'm going to go pray because I can get alone with God. And and I want to be so, I'm not even taking Peter, James, and John with me this time. I'm going by myself. So he says, you guys get in the boat, and I'll meet you on the other side of the sea. Okay? All right, Jesus. They got in the boat, and they start 
sailing away, and all of a sudden, a horrible storm comes up like on the Sea of Galilee happens, and waves are crashing. The boys, are, they grab the oars, and they start rowing for their lives. But nobody's panicking. Jesus said, we're supposed to go to the other side, so I guess we'll just have to get through this storm. You see, they look past the storm to see the sun. And then what starts happening? Jesus looks down from the mountain. He sees them halfway in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the sea. He sees them there. What does he do? He says, oh, the boys need me. Every time we need him, he's always there. He climbs down the mountain. He walks over to the water. He says, I'm going to take the shortcut. And he walks across the water to where they're at. Ah, it's a ghost! Somebody yells, probably Thomas. Peter says, no, it's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, can I come out there? That looks cool. Can I walk on the water too? Come on, Peter. That's just Peter. Right? Kind of like two eight-year-olds. I want to do it too. (laughs) Jesus says, come on. What happened though? Peter got his eyes off of Jesus, right? When you get your eyes off of Jesus, that's when you start to sink. And as soon as he started sinking, Jesus must have just smiled. Peter, come on. Oh, this is one of his good friends. He goes ahead and grabs him. Come on, Peter, get up here with me. See, when you start sinking, he's always going to be there for the, on the rescue. He picks him up, and they both walk over to the boat. And the interesting thing is they walk over to the boat, and they just step into the boat, and they get to the other side. You see, they knew from their first experience that Jesus was going to get them through the storm. No matter what. He said, we're going to the other side. We're going to make it. This time, he's shown, have more faith because I'll always be with you. I will always come to the rescue. So the storm you're going through right now, he is there coming to the rescue. He has a plan. And you can even meet him out in the middle of your storm. Isn't that cool? But first, we need to give him what he needs and that's our faith that he can move any mountain for us because with man it's impossible but with God there is nothing impossible I love the illustration straight from the Bible (laughs) Matthew 21 4 through 5 talks about the prophecy about Jesus being fulfilled. Verse 4, And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt and a foal of a donkey. <laughs> something. He rode the colt, not the mother donkey, the mom of the colt. He rode on the colt. Because we see elsewhere in the scripture, it was the colt he rode on. Now, you've got to understand something. This colt was not broken. What do I mean by broken? Anybody who, who raises horses know what it means to break a horse. It's not to go to the horse and go... That's not what we're talking about. It means you can get the saddle on the horse, right? First, you got to get them to understand you got to wear this bridle. 
horse is saying, that's not natural to me. I don't want to wear a bridle. So you start with them when they're young. You get the bridle on them and you lead them around by, right? You lead the horse around. Anybody here watch Heartland? You see them go through all that stuff, what they have to do to the horse, right? And so now you've got to get the blanket on the horse. Now the horse has to get used to having the blanket on. Then you get the saddle on and you get the horse used to the saddle. Now here comes the hard part. For the cowboy, this could be fun. But for the cowboy, it can also hurt. Horse is not getting hurt. Cowboy gets hurt. I mean, his whole insides get jostled all over the place. You've seen enough John Wayne movies, and, and even on Hartley. They get on the horse, and the horse starts to buck, and ah, they're flying all over the place. and they got to hold on to And pretty soon, the horse gets used to having somebody on their back and trust the person. And then, then the horse becomes, next to the dog, man's best friend or woman's best friend right and you can go around with the horse right and uh so this donkey was never broke this little colt was never broken now i know some of you are thinking oh give me a break if it's a colt it has to be broken it's a ford ah i knew that was some of you were thinking that but they put the blankets on the colt, Jesus sits down and he has a peaceful ride all the way into Jerusalem. Isn't that? You know, if you think about it, when Jesus came the first time, he, had a, he rode on a donkey too all the way to Bethlehem. He was in his mother's womb. And she was sitting on the donkey. So she, read, she rode Nestor all the way to Bethlehem. This time, Jesus is coming as the son of Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies about his first coming as the suffering Savior. But the rest of the prophecies are going to be fulfilled with his second coming. And I believe that soon. Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. That is why he is called the Christ. The Jews missed the fact that he was coming as the suffering Savior the first time. But this time he's coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And boy, he's going to put everything right. Verse 21, 6 through 9 says, So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And when the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, We'll get to that in a minute. Out of our obedience, we can praise Je We can give Jesus our praise. Out of our obedience, we can give Jesus our praise. It's not just singing to him. It's not just singing. It's also about, are we obedient? Remember old King Saul? 
first king of Israel. <laughs> Samuel was, they just had a victory. Samuel was supposed to come because he was the high priest and prophet over the land. He was supposed to come and they were supposed to celebrate by sacrificing to the Lord for their great victory. Samuel was delayed. And Saul was so much like Bill Clinton. People pleaser. I'm not talking about immorals. I'm talking about being a people pleaser. <laughs> you never saw Saul looking over the precipice at somebody. Uh, uh, never mind. You didn't. Saul only had one wife. Good family man. <laughs> but he had a problem. He was more afraid of the people than he was afraid of God. He put the people before God. Put his kingdom before God. And, and he's nervous because the people want to go home. The war is over with. We won. We want to go home. But we're waiting for Samuel to get here to do the sacrifice. Saul says, ah, we can't wait any longer. So what does Saul do? He grabs the animals for sacrifice. He kills them. And he sacrifices them on the... He acts as high priest and he sacrifices them on the altar. This is his presumption. This is why he gets in trouble. And Samuel came, just saw what Saul was doing, was just, I mean, you talk about a man who loved the king more than anybody else, but he was, at that moment, he was so angry at him. When God told Saul that he was taking the kingdom away, I mean, when God told Samuel that he was going to take the kingdom away from Saul and give it to another, Samuel pled for the king because he loved him so much. And then he carried out what God told him to do because he was obedient. But what did Samuel tell Saul? Obedience. Obedience is better and more important than sacrifice. You see, if he had just waited a few more minutes, he would have never gotten in trouble. He would have never had the kingdom taken away from his family. David would have never, probably never been king. Or Saul, after David married his daughter, might have said, this kid has something that Jonathan doesn't have. Who knows? But I think it would have played out differently, don't you? Obedience. You know, the problem with this generation is, and I'm not talking about millennials and Zers now, I'm talking about all those who are alive right now. The problem with this generation is obedience. Wait a second. I know the Bible calls that thing a sin, but mm, I, 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 I'm going to find a way around that. Hey, God, I'm going to tell you what to think now about that sin you said is sin. It's not a sin anymore. Okay? Simon was saying earlier, that's ridiculous. The Bible says what the Bible says. And we believe it. And that settles it for us. If God calls it a sin, it's just a sin, right? But the problem with this generation is that this culture is that we're not obedient to God. is why I believe one of, the, one of the greatest churches that God ever formed 
is splitting. Because half the church don't want to be obedient to the Word of God anymore. They want to have a workaround. While the rest of the church believes what God says. It makes me sad. Because it could happen to us. It could happen to any, any church that doesn't keep God first. And remember that Jesus is the head of the church. we got to stop trying to make God in our image. We were made in His. Amen? Obedience is a form of praise. And doesn't Jesus deserve it because of what He did for us? Thousands of people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the three great feasts, the Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. And you know what? Christ fulfilled all three. And so we need to give him praise. And they gave him praise. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Don't we have a song like that? I should have found that one. Saying <laughs> uh, here was terminology by the people recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. But he was not recognized as such by the religious leaders of Israel. Let me ask you something. Do you recognize Jesus as your Savior? That's a big question. We can't just have head knowledge of who Jesus is. We must have, he must live in our heart. It has to be heart knowledge for him to be real and for the word of God to come alive to us. And that's why we need to be accurate telling people about who Jesus is. They were a little bit more accurate. Maybe they were the majority of the people weren't been yelling, crucify him. Jesus would still have died, but because that was his mission, but maybe not so many would have been doing it. Verse 10 and 11. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Let's look at verse 10 first. The city was moved. You know what this refers to? This refers to a quake. As in an earthquake. Thousands of people before and after Jesus were making the city ring with the great salutation. Hosanna in the highest. And because they were so loud and so many were doing it, the city shook to its foundations. Come on, you've been to concerts. Up those huge speakers over here and the huge speakers over there. And God forbid you're right in front of the speakers of the tickets you bought, right? Because you're not going to hear after the concert. 
might be enough for a few days, right? Depending on who you went to see. And you can feel the whole building shake, right? You can go to the Fargo Dome, and some of those bands are so loud, the whole dome shakes and quivers. Well, these people, just by shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! The whole city shook. And people are still asking today, who is this? Who is Jesus? What is your reply? Look at the reply that these folks gave that day. Verse 11, so the multitude said, this is Jesus. Yep. But look what they called him. The prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. But we know him for who he really is, don't we? The son of God. God himself who came and put on flesh and died for us so that we could be saved. But let's not get too hard on these folks because this is the title that was most understandable to the people that day. But we know him as so much more, don't we? He is God's own son, the savior of the world. And if you haven't done so, will you give him your heart? I came today with the expectation, and I'm going to start coming every Sunday and Wednesday with the expectation someone is going to get saved. You know, you might be been trying to get somebody saved and you don't feel like you got the right words and you're not getting through, bring them to church. I don't care if you have to run into their house, grab them while they're still in their jammies and bring them to church. No, let them get dressed. <laughs> of course, we've had a couple of people on special occasions come in their jammies. <laughs> we have to help people today have the right understanding of who Jesus is that is why we preach and teach Jesus Christ and him crucified but I have an expectation somebody's going to get saved today I just do <laughs> come on it's so easy to give your heart to Jesus. You don't have to clean yourself up. Some people think that they've got to get everything right in their life before they can give their heart to Jesus. It's so easy. All you have to do is ask, and he'll do it. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. You've done so much for us. Help us, Lord, to share who you are with our friends and family. And help us so that they can help us by your Holy Spirit so that they can see who you really are. For Lord, today we, we do lift you higher. We do hail you, Jesus. But Lord, how much better it would be if all of our friends and all of our family was all saved. Help us with that. 
So please keep your eyes closed. Is there anybody here who would like to have Jesus in your heart? It is so easy. It's not a hard thing to do. It's simple. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's why I got everybody heads bowed and eyes closed. Just lift up your hands. Only you and God's going to see it in me. You want Jesus in your heart? Just lift up your heart, hand. He wants you. He died for you. He looked down from the cross and saw you. And he loved you so much that he counted it joy to die for you, even though he was suffering such pain. He loves you. He cares for you. How about giving him your heart today? All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come on folks, why don't we all pray it out loud? Help the folks at home. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me because you love me. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to name them all. <laughs> and, you're, and you're taking them away right now. And you don't hold them against me. Others do. But you don't. Because you died for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And one day you're coming back for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you got saved today, tell somebody. You might not have been brave enough to put your hand up. That's not part of getting saved anyway. That's just so that I know I, can, I need to pray for somebody. <laughs> it's like, is there somebody sick today that needs prayer? And you go, me! Don't forget, I need it! That's all it is, you know. And that way we can pray for you before you leave. And uh, that's all that is. God sees your heart. And God sees the prayer that you prayed. And the prayer is not a magical thing. It's believing in Jesus, the one you prayed to. If you've given your heart to Jesus, welcome into the family. But tell somebody, because then the devil can't tell you you didn't do anything. You see, the devil likes to whisper in your ear, you didn't do anything. You just said words. And you can say, shut up, devil. And you tell your friend, and all of a sudden the devil says, oh, great, he's witnessing to somebody. And that always shuts the devil up. What do you mean by witnessing? You're telling, and it could be the closest person in your life, you just say, guess what I did today? I asked Jesus in my heart. Wow! And they're probably saved too. And they're going, yay, it's about time, yay! <laughs> this is what I've been praying for, you don't know how much. See, that's part of the thing about being a good friend and family member is you're praying for them to get saved. You're pleading with the Lord to save them. And when you tell them, oh, then you too can rejoice. But let me tell you something that happened. When you give your heart to the Lord, you cause a party to break out in heaven. <laughs> it says so in the Bible. The angels themselves rejoice because you've come home. 
you could be the re whole reason, just little old you, that heaven is having a party. All because of you, because you were born again. They're celebrating your spiritual birth. Isn't that cool? Hallelujah. Well, this has been New Life. I hope you can join us this Friday for Good Friday service. I, you'll love it. You'll love it. We only, it only lasts an hour. We sing some. And uh, I'll bring a good word, good, good word that night. And it only lasts an hour. And you'll be so blessed. And uh, I, I don't even take up an offering on Good Friday. I know there's some who say, you should. But no, I don't even take up an offering that day. Because we're coming to celebrate what, uh, what Jesus did for us. And the whole focus is on what Jesus did for us that night. And you'll enjoy it so much. And then, of course, Easter. Then I'll take up an offering. And uh, um, Easter... Sunday, we're going to we're going to just celebrate Jesus, His resurrection, Amen. Because Jesus is better than the Easter Bunny anyway. Easter Bunny can just give you eggs, right, and jelly beans, but Jesus gives us salvation, right? And and, and the easiest way for you to give is through tithely. Um, we have it there on our Facebook page. We have it over on our website. The easiest way to do is through tithely. It's secure. Um, $5, $10, your whole tithe, whatever you want to do. Um, our folks in church love tithely. It makes it easier, especially people who don't like writing checks. They can just pull out their phone, right, go to their tithely app and say, give, and it just gives. And uh, so easy. That's how we usually do it now. I don't actually pass the plate. Um, we have it in the back of the room. You know, all these things that COVID changed. Some of them I like. I don't have to do a lot of stuff in the middle of the service. And so it's kind of cool. And, uh, but God wants to bless you and keep you in his care. Hey, walk with the grace of Jesus. I hope we get to see you this um, Friday night. Of course, oh, before the Easter service at 10, we're having our Easter breakfast at 9 o'clock. We would love to have you come and a fellowship with us and have a good breakfast with us, and we don't charge. And so come, be part. And uh, we're going to have a great time this week. Uh, and the Easter egg hunt, time you just look, Easter egg hunt, 10 o'clock on Saturday. And that's going to be great too. And so, because we love your kids and we just want them to know Jesus too. Well, I will see you next time. I'll see you on Facebook Live in the morning for coffee break. God bless you.